0: games 36 goals and one hell of an opening week for Major League Soccer. This is the SBI show. I'm Ives Kolarcep and yes the season has finally arrived and it came in with a bang. There were goals galore all over the league. Plenty to talk about. Plenty to get excited about. Especially if your team managed to win on opening week. Not everybody was that lucky but win or lose chances are your team scored some goals. And that's the positive, at least, to look at it that way. We'll have Paul Tenorio on once again, our special guest. Not ready to call him the co-host yet, but I think that time's coming soon. Uh, he's out in Chicago. We'll, be have, uh, we'll bring him in today. Uh, we'll be talking about everything under the sun. Remember last week one, Americans abroad. Uh, we'll talk a little European soccer. Uh, just letting this track flow and just ride I just want to ride this track because let's face it We have the best intro music in the game And yes, I am now producing the show So it's only going to get better um, And now we have to say hello to our man Paul Tenorio Paul, how you doing?
1: What's up man? Coming to you live from Chicago for the first time On this SBI show Staying, But it's warm here That's what I'm loving about it I, I avoided Chicago winter
0: Yeah, Well, what do you have, a month? A month of, no, of when it's not winter?
1: You know exactly, but I hey, I did it in Orlando, so I'm good to go. I feel like I'm free and clear. <clears throat>
0: man, I love Chicago, man. It's one of my it's one of my favorite cities. I definitely don't go enough. Uh, I used to go a lot back in the day when I uh, when I was a beat writer for the MetroStars. I used, uh, used to go a couple times a year, um, but yeah, it, there's few there's few better places in the summer, and there's few worse places in the winter, as uh, as you know very well.
1: Yep, no doubt. Well, now you got reason to come more because you can come hang with me, me? and yes. we'll be
0: set that's right that's right we'll do it up and uh and I, b- before we even get started i have to i have to i'm a, issue a formal apology to our people out in chicago the rate the ra- the radio show that you are now on i miss my i missed my appearance um phone malfunction my my completely my mistake and it was the second time it's happened with this show so i feel awful i've already ap- tried to apologize to everybody and uh I have to. I feel like I have to own up to it publicly. I have to publicly shame myself because it's not. That's not my. Sti- that's not my style. To to mess up like that, but uh, I'll do better. I'll do better going forward.
1: Well, I'm glad you publicly shamed yourself because Clopus and I had a plan eventually <laughs> to shame you publicly. So you're getting out in front of it.
0: No, and I got to. I got to, Well, you know what it is like. I, I got some history with Chicago and the fire and some of their fans, and you know, they, there's always been that idea that like I hate the fire and this and I really don't. I, I you know. Uh, I like the people in Chicago and uh, I like the city and uh, yeah Frank L- had to, of course Frank Lopez had to, had to be on the show as well uh, uh, our buddy from way back but uh I'll, I'll get on that show one of these days I don't know if they'll ever want me on but I will get back I will get on that show so but uh but anyway moving on MLS week one uh, crazy crazy week and uh, there's 10 game ten games in one day is pretty crazy I gotta say I mean on one hand I wish they would have spread it out but on the other hand it, 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 it the insanity gave it gave, gave a nice kickoff to the season what would you think obviously you were busy working but what'd you think of just all the action one in one day 10 games
1: yeah you know I kind of like it you know I mean it, yeah like you're saying it kind of stinks for those of us who try to watch as many games as we can because you, you're stuck kind of having to pick and choose and for me I don't have a choice I'm on the sideline watching the Chicago game um but I, I think for fans it's a great way to be able to start out the year you, you get this kind of swing around through all the different games and and it worked out especially well this year because of how crazy the week was, with the number of goals it had, uh, a lot of back-and-forth action. So, for me, I think it's a, a really nice way to kick things off. You get a really good look from day one at every single team in the league. Um, and I think – I like it. I think they should stick with it. I think it's a nice way to be kind of dramatic in that first week of the season. So And, and hey, for those of us who have MLS Live or Direct Kick, you know, we you spend the next day watching all the MLS games anyways. So – um, I liked it. I liked I liked everything about
0: it. Yeah, that's what that's what I was doing last night actually when I finished writing. Um, well, that's the tough part too when you're writing. Uh, let's say you're covering one of these early games. Like me, I was at the Red Bulls game, uh, and you want to write, but at the same time you want to watch the game. So uh, you know, a story that might normally take a, a you know an hour or two hours all of a sudden takes five hours because you're you're watching all the games and uh, and of course late last night I had to watch uh, on MLS Direct Kick. The replay of the fire NYCFC game. Number one, because of all the goals, I had to watch all the goals. And number two, to watch your TV debut. And I gotta say, it went pretty well, man. It's a a promising start to uh, what could be a, good, a pretty big career TV, man. I thought you thought I thought you did it well. Would you think of uh, your debut?
1: Thanks, man. No, I, you know, I, I thought it was okay. I I, I really. Um, first of all, it's a lot easier to read over the first draft of a story you write than to watch yourself on TV and take notes and see what you did wrong. Um, I, I thought I did all right. I, I have a lot to learn. Um, I'm gonna try to obviously get better and better. And I, I think I learned a ton in the first game, just about what to expect. You know, what I need to have set and ready in front of me um, for the in-game stuff, for the pre-game, post-game stuff. So I was I was pleased overall, and and I really really enjoy working with uh, with Dan Kelly and with Frank Lopez. So. Overall, I thought it was a positive start to the season, and and I just hope I continue to get better, and that uh, the people watching enjoy it.
0: Well, I will tell you what, the good news is you had a better debut than the Chicago Fire, so that that's that's a good start. But uh, but anyway, we'll move on. We'll start off. We'll kick things off with the actually the last game of the day. Uh, for those folks who might have fallen asleep uh, and didn't and didn't stay up to watch it. Uh, The LA Galaxy, DC United, uh, you know, we thought this might be an ugly game because both teams were playing, uh, coming off CONCACAF Champions League in the middle of the week, and it definitely started out that way. First half was uh, pretty atrocious, but LA turned it on in the second half, courtesy of our guy Mike McGee, who, uh, you know, he he showed the old Mike McGee form, uh, had an outstanding uh, performance and he led him to a 4-1 victory. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to catch much of it, but what did you think of uh, LA's performance?
1: Yeah, it's one of the few games I was able to watch. I was able to settle in at the end of the night and sit and watch this game. Um, you know, I thought, first of all, I'm going to go ahead and own up. Out of everything LA did, and you know from the preview show, for those of you who listened, I had LA, I have LA winning MLS Cup, so I definitely have faith in what they're doing. But I didn't give enough credits to pick up Mike McGee. You know, I, I thought he, I didn't know what he was going to bring. Obviously, he hadn't scored a goal in what, two years, I think it is, since 2014, he hadn't scored. Um, but he comes in for Gio Dos Santos and he changed the game. I thought he was great. Um, I thought, you know, L.A. really, really needed a result like this. After the way the Champions League went, I thought that, you know, opening up at home, being down one nothing at halftime, it was looking like, you know, what what is the, what is the theme around L.A. going to be if this result holds up? That's what I was thinking. Um, so for them to come back and play the way they did in the second half, uh, I thought it was really important, just for just for the narrative around this team and the feeling and buzz around this team over the first few weeks of the season.
0: Well, I'll tell you what: some of the narr- some of the narratives have not changed, even though the result was pretty uh, <clears throat> pretty emphatic in the second half. But because it was an ugly ugly first half, and some of the team's star players d- did not play well at all. And uh, one player that I I kind of t- pointed out and wrote about was uh, Gio de Santos, who uh, who left the match at halftime with what was. Reported to be a, some sort of injury. Now, I'm kind of I'm a little skeptical about about whether or not this was an injury. But I will say this: he 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 just was invisible really, in the first half, and and it's kind of a becoming a bit of a trend with him. I mean, we're talking about a guy who I'll be the first to say when he signed with the Galaxy, I thought it was an amazing signing. You had a guy at 26 years old with so much talent and so much marketability coming to LA. He was the perfect I thought he was a perfect signing. For LA and and after a a nice little early run with the team, he's really, really struggled. He struggled toward the end of last year. And now with the Champions League starting out, he didn't really make his mark in the Champions League either. And now he has this really quiet first half where he he pretty much was invisible. And as soon as he came out of the game, it, it, it was night and day. Mike McGee came in and the Galaxy were a completely different team. Um, now he wasn't alone. Steven Gerrard, I thought, also was, was was pretty terrible, particularly in the first half. But with the guy like De Santos, you start asking, uh, at at what point will the Galaxy start to wonder if it's time to uh, move him on? And and it your mistake. I mean, what do you think? I mean, what, what do you see when you when, from watching them?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, what's the what's the bigger conspiracy theory that Gerard was feeling sick and wanted to come out, and that's why he didn't look so great, or that Gio Dos Santos was subbed out for a leg injury? I don't know. There's a, there's enough conspiracy theory in this one game to uh, around DPS to to really talk about for a bit. I, I agree, man. I think I think you need more out of Gio Dos Santos. I think that when you have a player, when you have a player like this, the expectation is really high. Not just. Um, not just in the sense of being a solid starter, but really in being a difference maker. And at his age, um, you're hoping you're bringing in somebody who's the level of of what he can do is similar to, frankly, that of Giovinco. You know, that's got to be the expectation for him there. And I, I agree, he's been nothing but um, kind of invisible. Might be the best word over the over the first part of the season here. And I think that they're going to need to find a place for him. And you know they you know Bruce Arena's tried him up top. They've tried him out wide. It's like they they're, they know that ne- they need to get more out of him. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where he ends up. I don't know if it's going to be uh, on the bench. Is it going to be at right mid? Are they going to try him up top again? Are they going to move him on? Uh, but they have to answer that question at some point this season if they're going to make a run for MLS Cup.
0: Well, they're in a tough spot, right? Because you have Steven Gerrard, who, who's struggling just as badly, if not worse. And then you have DeSantos, and, and, and I know some people you would say, well, I'd just bench them both and then be, be done with it and, and go with the young guys. Obviously, that's not realistic. But uh, with a guy like Gio, what worries me is, um, here's a guy, I, I know, and I know some people already, as soon as, because I wrote my, my piece last night, it dropped last night, I already started to get some responses to it this morning. Uh, I'm already hearing the, oh, it's the beginning of the season, it's too early, and I'm like, it's not about one game, one half, it's about what we saw last year. And now he comes into this year with pressure because – and it's not just about the Galaxy and him living up to his contract. It's also the Mexican national team and the fact that he wants to be back in with the team. If that matters to him, if that's important to him, you would expect him to come into the year guns blazing, right? You would expect him to come in just dominating and really looking to put his stamp on things, and he hasn't done that yet. And that's why it's a real cause for concern even though it's still early. And I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying cut the guy tomorrow, but it's something to definitely look at. And I feel like uh, in some way, maybe the fact that L.A. won last night might might overshadow it or might hide the fact that this is an issue. This is an issue uh, for a team like L.A. that is used to having their stars produce. And, you know, I I wrote about the fact that they they really haven't replaced Landon Donovan. Gio was supposed to be that guy. And if he's not going to be that guy, L.A. is going to have to make a decision because, he has tra- He still has value. He has transfer value. Whether it's Mexico, whether it's China, you can move him on and make some money and make your money. Make make not. I don't know if you make all your money back, but you're gonna make money back. You can't sell Steven Gerrard. He's done. He's on his last legs. This is his last year as a pro. I'm pretty sure. I, pre- I think he's already kind of come out and hinted at that, or even said it out outright. So you can't move Gerrard on. Uh, and if Gio's not gonna produce, then uh, you're gonna have to make a decision. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, it, it, if you're LA, you have to love the fact that Mike McGee starts the way he did. I, I I definitely saw him, uh, doing well back being back in LA because even though he's older, even though he looked terrible in Chicago because he was injured partly, but I just think he knows how to play and you put better guys around him and he's gonna thrive just like he did the last the first go round in LA. So uh, that's where it's like, where do you put him? Do you you got to get him on the field if he's gonna play that well and who do you sit? And I think I, I don't know Bruce Arena's gonna have some tough decisions, man. So so we'll see. But LA great start to the season for them uh dc uh, we we won't try to spend too much time on it because we talked about it in in our previews that this was going to be a rough year but when they when the game started did you look at that and say "Uh oh maybe dc is going to surprise me were were you were you were you fooled a little by that
1: start i was i was fooled a little bit but like you know the the thing about dc is is they've got they've got some nice pieces it just i just feel like they're they're an older team and i think this is going to be the problem that you see in them all year long i think when you have as much age as you have on the field, at certain times you're going to you're going to see that impact in the second half more than in the first half. And for them, the key is going to be to to be able to establish themselves early on in games and get some goals. I thought Nick DeLeon looked good in the middle of the field. I and mean, there are these little bright spots here and there, but you know, for 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 what they've done on this roster and what they still need, um, they've got just too many question marks. And I just think. Look, we, we've gone over this a bunch. I just think that, you know, they might have a couple nice pieces, but I don't think that they're going to be able to hold up over the course of the season and over the course of a 90-minute game against the better teams in this league, and I think that's what we saw against L.A.
0: Yep, it's going to be a long year. It's going to be a long year for D.C., uh, and I don't know if help's going to uh, be on the way. I, don't, I just don't see it. But uh, moving on to another game uh, that that took place later in the day on Sunday, Seattle-San Jose. And the uh, Seattle Sounders once again kicking off another season in front of that um, amazing home crowd. In Seattle, but they couldn't deliver the victory. Uh, Sporting Kansas City uh, stepped in there and pulled off the upset. Uh, There were obviously a first half red card to Seattle. uh, But credit to Sporting Kansas City. They go into a tough place to play. They get a win. And I know the red card obviously made things a little bit easier. But it's still not easy to shut out uh, Seattle and the weapons that they have. Uh, What did you think of that game?
1: I, I... You know what I, I told you? I think that this Sporting Kansas City team is better than people are. They're kind of that. You know, every year there's that kind of under the radar team. We know they're good, and 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 yet you look at other teams and they've got like some some nicer pieces or some some bigger names or whatever. And so you kind of put that other team in the corner. Yeah, yeah, they're real good, but you know, are they are they great? And then that team kind of slowly and quietly puts together a really nice season. I think that's what is going to happen with Sporting Kansas City. They have players who know how to win in this league. They go on the road to an incredibly tough environment, a tough place to play, one of the best attacking teams in the league, and they shut them out and get a one nothing win. I think that is an underrated, massive result, even for the first game of the season. I think it's a really, really big statement win for Sporting Kansas City. I think um, that is a type of win that only very good teams in this league can pull off. Honestly, and, and red card aside or whatever, to go on the road to Seattle, Early in the season and get a result and and to to put up the goose egg if you're sporting kansas city there there are multiple reasons why you are ecstatic with that win i, I think it's I think this has long term implications written all over it they' they're, they're going to make some noises here I think if they stay healthy that's that's key
0: no I agree i think uh, it, it was definitely a, an impressive victory for them Obviously, the red card changes the game, but I think what impressed me about sporting Kansas City is the fact that they were missing uh some starters to injury when you want to talk about phil haberard didn't play benny phil Hubbard didn't play. Sesnovich didn't play and uh peter for had to bring in some new faces and some of these guys look pretty good I thought Connor Halisey uh, a guy who I like coming out of uh, coming out of college uh, He stepped in there. He caused a lot of problems Yeah, I believe he's he's actually the guy who drew the drew the red card and let's let, let, let's be straight up That was a red card. I don't know what anyone could be talking about that. That was not a red card No, that's a red card anywhere on earth I actually tweeted about that I said it's even a red card in prison maybe it's not a red in prison but we can debate that but uh but yeah no kc man they showed their depth and 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 then how about the new center back nuno coelho he goes in there and scores the you know scores with the eventual winning goal and uh you know if he's going to be a guy who can who can be a real impact player for them then that's uh that just makes them that much deeper and credit to peter ramiz you know he always finds talent he always keep he always finds uh players that give that team some depth and uh you know, I, I'm still. I still need to see Dom Dwyer really show that he's ready to have a big year before I go saying, okay, now they're going to be a title contender and that and all that. Um, but for me, I thought Seattle. Uh, it wasn't a great game from them, and I think it, I think they were a bit flat from the Champions League. You can't ignore the fact that they had a midweek game and, uh, you know, had to travel, go down to Mexico and and then play a a fresh KC team. And I know KC fans would be like, well, we didn't have all our guys, but you know what? Missing guys or not, if you're the fresher team. You're going to have an edge over a team that that played a, a pretty intense midweek game. So, I'm not going to, it's not, it's early. You can't write Seattle off. Uh, I think they'll be okay. O'Neill Fisher just not, needs to not jump in, in air like it's the Matrix and try to tackle somebody. Uh, and I think they'll be all right. I think once Ramon Torres gets there, I think that'll be a big help for sure. Um, obviously, they played this game without, you know, you didn't have Tyrone Mears there. And I think that would have made a big difference as well. So, uh we'll see uh i think it but i agree with you i think kc that that's a that's a good victory co- uh, confidence builder uh to get them rolling into the season and who who did who did you like in this game Any, anyone stand out individually players that 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 impressed you or surprised you
1: um i don't know man i i think um i think obviously nuno kind of how, how do you how do you pronounce his last name help me I, gonna... I would
0: say Cuello. I actually I, yeah I, have... Cuello,
1: I thought there were positive aspects of his play and we talked about this as a lot of MLS teams, they need they they really were looking for a partner that could pair well uh, with Beasley in the in the center of that back line. Uh, he gives him a goal. I thought he was solid overall in his debut. So I mean, that would be a bright spot I'd look at for Sporting Kansas City.
0: Yeah, it was a good one. And, and obviously, on the Seattle side, people were gonna were gonna want to know how Jordan Morris would do and in his in his MLS debut. And yeah, I thought he did okay. I thought I, I thought he held his own. He he you know he didn't have the you know. Significant impact that maybe some people would have hoped for, um, but he didn't look out of place, and and uh, not that he should at this point. He's played for the national team. He uh, you know he's played in the Champions League already, but um, I, I don't think anyone should look at that performance and say, oh, maybe the maybe the hype is, maybe it was all hype. Maybe he's not that good. It's the first game for a rookie. Uh, I think he'll do much better. I think he's going to have a big year for them still. Uh, my opinion on that one hasn't changed. Uh moving on to the next game, the for me the game of the week in terms of leading leading up to the week and it was a, it played out as a pretty damn good game and that's the Portland Timbers Columbus Crew the MLS Cup rematch. Portland Timbers win 2 to 1 and and they I mean they could have scored 5 or 6. Uh they, their their counterattack was amazing. like their counterattack was on point for a first game. They looked completely dangerous uh and you know columbus is a very good team but i thought i thought portland was the better team on the day uh what did you come what did you think of portland in the in their first the first game of their title defense
1: yeah man no i think you're right they looked really really good diego valeri is is for real like he's just fun to watch right i mean i i think you know we we went through this in the preview you sold me even harder on portland obviously i was doubting what they were going to be able to do this year um, if they play this way with their attacking pieces, what they can do in transition um, against a good Columbus team, they look dangerous all game long. They look like the better team all game long. Uh, they got the deserved three points. So, um, yeah, I mean, this this is uh, a very, very good team and they're going to cause headaches for a lot of teams in MLS, especially if some of these teams that we saw this week play the way defensively that they did in the first week of the season, which obviously they probably won't because first week always has stuff that's rough like this. But I I just think Portland is a a handful, Um, but boy, are they fun to watch. And uh, I I think Larry's going to have a big year. I know you think Nagvi's going to have a crazy year. Um, I thought thought even uh, Fernando Adi was really good too, obviously getting the game winner. So um, uh, just a lot of, of things to like overall for Portland in this game.
0: I mean, let's say their counterattack was unreal, man. I mean, they, I don't know, and this is the thing. Columbus is a very good team, and and are their veteran team. And they bring they bring all their guys back, and for them to look so exposed on the counter was unbelievable. And that's the problem that Portland presents is that they they have that skill in the middle. They have the the engine and Chara behind behind those creators, and then you have that speed on the flanks. What's crazy to me is Dyrón Espria, uh, I thought actually didn't have a, his didn't have a great game in terms of you know like he, he made a lot of like little mistakes. He wasn't sharp. And he and even with him not being sharp, the team was clicking. You saw Chara getting into the attack. You saw Adi looking so mobile. Uh and then toward the end Esprit obviously he played a part in the winning goal with his shot it was his shot that was saved and it fell to Adi. Um but I I, I do want to see this Portland team uh go match up against the defenses around the league and see how coaches around the league uh cope with that counter-attack because that counter-attack is something serious and now they obviously good their, their next game they go to San Jose they're going to play a tough San Jose team defensively San Jose's uh, underrated defense and I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup because obviously Dom Kinnear he's a good he's a very good coach he's a very good tactician good 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 at shut, uh, shutting down opposing teams uh, attacking quality so we'll see that, that i'm looking forward to that but columbus uh do you, do you look at this and kind of reconsider anointing them as the eastern conference conference era parents or what or or, or, you, or is it just one game against a great team
1: yeah that's what i think it is i'm gonna I'm, at least i'm gonna chalk it up that way you go into a really tough road environment the the there's gonna be a ton of passion there obviously first game since mls cup home crowd all of the pieces that you have as you said I think that Columbus just looked a little bit overwhelmed. Um, obviously, like you said, they were caught out a ton, and uh, and the Portland counterattack was able to, to slice them open and, and do some things. So for me, I think it was just like a, a first game. They weren't ready. They weren't ready for the pace of play. They weren't ready to deal with the emotion of the moment. Uh, they were, and, and still, you know, it's, it's 1-1 late in the game before the goal. So um, was it their best performance? Obviously not, but... Uh, But I think they'll be fine. And I still think that they're going to win the East going away.
0: Well, I'd say one thing that definitely stood out to me or, or was on my mind going into this game for Columbus is Mr. Kai Kamara. Mr. Pay me my, show me the money. Mr. I want my million dollars. Well, guess what, Kai Kamara? You got your million dollars. You got your DP deal. And you know what you have to do when you get that DP deal and that million dollars? You have to finish your chances. And guess what he did not do on the first game? Of his first season as a DP, he did not finish his chances, and now we're, let, let let's see what happens going forward. It's going to be interesting to see how he handles this year.
1: Because welcome to yeah, the world of being a DP, right? That, that
0: that's the thing, man. He he should, and and I hope that I hope folks in Columbus are ask, are asking the question because it, like again, and going back to it, I I want I'm all for athletes trying to get as much money as they can they can make. I just for me like for a guy to have his first big year as a pro to to essentially uh i don't want to say hold the team hostage but basically threatened to hold out and this and that and columbus caved and they said you know what we don't want any problems here's your million dollars well that's all well and good here's your million dollars but you have to score and he missed some golden chances in this game and it's one game it's only one game but the pressure is going to start to build and he's gonna he's gonna need to start finishing these chances because if he does it Thing, it's gonna get It's gonna you know. It's gonna raise some questions, and you know who you know who's gonna he's gonna make it bad for any other player in MLS whoever wants to do the same thing and wants to get a raise because teams are gonna look at it and say, we're not giving you a, a, a DP deal. We're not giving you the big money. Look what happened to Kai Kamara. They gave him the money, and he never he stopped being Kai Kamara. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Not to pick on Kai Kamara too much, but guess what, buddy? It, that comes with the money. Uh, moving on now to the game I I uh, w- was in attendance for the New York Red Bulls Toronto FC one of the surprising somewhat surprising results of the weekend uh the red bulls dropping a 2-0 decision to tfc and uh you know it was credit to tfc they go on the road to a place they've never they've never won taking on a team that rarely loses at home and they and they post a shutout and get all three points and, and credit to great Vanny, you know he went in, in there with the game plan To frustrate the Red Bulls and and to be real organized defensively. And all those new defensive pieces really uh, are looking good for TFC. And if that defense is going to play that well, once you get Josie Altador back and you know Javinko's going to do his thing, TFCs, uh, they could be the real deal this year. What do you think?
1: I think that this is the perfect example of the maturation of, of Toronto, right? You go on the road, like you said, to a place you've never won against a very good team. And you and you gut out a win. It's ugly, you get dominated in possession. you get one shot on goal on target and you come out with a 2 nothing win. And, and you show the organization that you need to show in the back line. You showed the leadership that you need. I thought Bradley sitting in deep. I, I think you're going to see him in that role all season long and his comfort there was was really important. Um, obviously, you know you got Drew Moore, Bates is sure there on the back line now. This is a solid team in places. It was not solid last year, and I think the ability to to stay organized and to stay compact and to be um, to, to understand what it takes to win on the road in this league is the difference between the good teams and the teams that um, that actually have a shot at, at winning the winning the shield and winning the cup. And for me, I think this is another game, just like Sporting Kansas City, where you take encouragement out of. Of, of the whole picture, going on the road, getting a result, um, gutting it out. Maybe not the prettiest. Maybe you get help from, from the ref in a card. Maybe you just, um, you know, you just pack it in and you, you smash and grab. But those wins are valuable. And I think you're right. Toronto, with, with all of their pieces and with Josie back eventually, you know, they're showing that, they're, that they could be the real, de- real deal this year.
0: Well, I'd say it, 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 just to kind of correct on a stat department, actually, the team that only had one shot, was actually the Red Bulls, which was which is a little uh, one shot on goal. Uh, TFC actually ended up with five shots on five goal. five shots. Sorry, yeah. Uh, but that's the thing, right? As, as high powered as the Red Bulls are in their attack, and I thought I, I coming into the year, I thought their attack could be even better uh, than last year's, um, more versatile. Uh, they they just you know they, they didn't they, they they didn't have any ideas in the final third, and, and and TFC gets some credit for that defensively, very organized, and they 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 did a good job of pressuring. Uh, the Red Bulls midfield and uh, credit to the fullback Steven Badosh was excellent. He he made uh he made the SBI best eleven for the week and Justin Moore was excellent. actually the entire back five plus Bradley and Will Johnson. I mean they all they all do, did really well. Uh, but if you're a Red Bulls fan, you you kind of you, you start to wonder. Okay, the, you know the the attack didn't look so great last year in the loss to Columbus. Is this a trend? And uh, it's a little early. It's a little early. I would say the fact that Gonzalo Verona is out. Um, It's unfortunate because he was having an excellent preseason, I think he's going to have a big year once he's healthy. But still, you had enough weapons, enough firepower. You need to get more than one shot on goal. I don't care who you're playing, if you're the Red Bulls. And uh, as far as TFC, I have to point out one guy... Your boy, Subasa Endo, the yeah. rookie, the guy who you would not pick for rookie of the year, by the way, who was <laughs> the, hey, who, hey, who, hey, 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 hey. Hey. no, but a credit to Paul and credit to all, all the people who were early on the bandwagon after the excellent combine performances, like my man Taylor Tallman, like Franco Penizo. Uh Endo did not l- play like a rookie. He looked, he could look completely solid. He looked, he, 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 uh, he was poised. And even in the first half when, you know, he wasn't super busy, but he still looked comfortable and even though they had kamar lawrence over there and his speed which is a serious issue you had sasha Kleshton kind of floating over into that area so it, it looked by from my from my vantage point and i was i was right there it looked like the red bulls were kind of trying to go at him in a way and he held his own he held his own and then to have the energy in the second half to make that run uh to to draw the penalty i thought was outstanding so he you know what great first game for him uh definitely the top rookie in week one and uh if he's if he's gonna give you that then that, then he's gonna he's gonna stay in that lineup. And uh, credit credit to them, the credit for TFC for drafting me at number nine when I thought it was a little early. And uh, credit to Endo for for looking so good.
1: I liked him a lot at the combine. You liked him too. You just didn't know where he'd fit in an MLS team. He found the perfect role here. It's all about work rate. He's out on the wing. He was never going to be a central player, at least not full time central player in this league. They found the right role for him in this in this formation, and he works his tail off. And that's that's just as important, especially when you think about the attacking pieces they have. You need to get defensive work rate around Giovinco and out the door. Um, and I think that's why he's been so good for them. He's got an engine, like you said, to make that run at the end of the game to draw the PK. Um, nothing, nothing but positive things to say about my boy. Just like I saw him at the combine, I saw this coming. And I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. I might not have picked him rookie <laughs> of the year, but I saw this coming.
0: Yeah, you know, I here's what I'd say, and 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 I never didn't think he was a good player. I thought he was a good player. I had him ranked on, on my big board before the combine. Um, I just in the history of the combine and the draft, generally speaking, you don't see college midfielders. Uh, the, you don't see the tra- it, it translated as well, like a player of his style. And I think what I didn't account for uh, is the fact that he's got an edge to him. He's got he, he's got some toughness to him that 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 you know, and some maturity to him that. Has helped this transition, and and like you mentioned, and 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 uh, Endo has said it himself. I had a chance to talk to him after the game. Uh, it really is about f- going to the right team and going to a team that's a good fit and that's going to have a role for you and that that you fit into because it's not as simple as you know if you're a good player you'll do well no matter where you go. It also helps where you land and and having a, going to a place. That will get the most out of your, your abilities and that will give you a role that you can thrive in. And it's only one game. I know it's only one game. But he's off to a good start and it's looking like a perfect fit. So uh, credit to them and credit to TFC because I've given them enough crap about past draft picks. I still say the year before his draft was pretty atrocious. But Tim Bezvachenko, you're looking like a pretty you're looking like a pretty smart guy with that pick. So uh hats off there. Um and moving on, we gotta talk about the game you were at, which is Chicago Fire NYCFC. The goal fest. I don't know any. I don't. Know, I don't know if anyone had a seven goal thriller, uh, chalked up for this one. But you were there. You were in attendance. You watched NYCFC put four up on the fire. You saw the fire fight back. Uh, there was plenty of chew on from this game. But what, what, what was your kind of? What was kind of your, your big takeaway on this game?
1: I think my big takeaway is both NYCFC and Chicago have a long way to go defensively. Um, and 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 the question is how do you wanna how do you wanna chalk it up for each team? Like like Chicago, this is all a team that's come together this year, really some some new faces. I think Brandon Vincent, it was very, very tactically smart by Patrick Vieira, the way he tried to isolate Brandon Vincent as much as he could in two-on-one situations. Um, he wanted Kyrie Shelton to have chances to go at Brandon Vincent, so he was pushing Ethan White higher up the field to create two-on-ones. He was shading Via to that side to create two-on-ones and, and make Brandon Vincent really be in some uncomfortable positions. Um, but the center-back communication wasn't great between two guys who you know have only had a couple weeks of preseason together for Chicago and that led to some issues I think Lampson had some issues obviously in goal Um, some 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 not great play there allowed NYCFC to get into this game and and to to get four goals and but on the flip side I think NYCFC was was not good defensively their back line play um, was really shady I thought that they 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 playing this high line and and you're playing a high line against the team that is just loaded with speed and Akam had a calm field day, um you know he was to me he was the man of the match he was all over the place he needs to you know obviously he needs to finish more of his opportunities but he was he was all over the place they really 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 struggled out of the back I think the problem with NYCFC and and you saw this in the preseason if you watched them at all is they give the ball away in bad spots too often Briant in the center back was not very good at all. He had a ton of giveaways. He got beat a lot by a com. So that's something to keep an eye on. But I will say this. Matarita is is for real. Um, He is going to have a chance to have a big year. And Vieira likes him. Vieira likes him. Vieira, even at the end of the game, up a goal, trying to maintain a win on the road. He was changing his formation to allow Matarita to keep pressing up the field. And he was putting in defensive substitutions in the midfield that would shade to Matarita's side to allow him to keep going up the field. I was like, this guy's crazy. He's literally calling Mixed Discroot over and telling, telling him, hey, make sure you're watching when this guy goes up the field, you or Bravo slide over and cover for him because we want him to keep pressing up the field. So clearly he, he really likes what he sees there too. But that for me is a big takeaway. You know, They've got defensive issues in New York. They've got defensive issues in Chicago. And it's a matter of how, how soon they clean that up if they want a chance to to make a run. At that that six seed, I think both of them would be looking more in that area than than anywhere else.
0: Yeah, I think the playoffs are a long way off for 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 the Fire. The I, I saw more at NYCFC just because, uh, and you pointed it to it. Uh, you know, not not to rip too much on Velko Panovic in his first game, but I mean, you got to know your opponent a little bit better going into this game. And with NYCFC, everyone knew who their, that what their lineup was going to be. It was no secret that Tony Taylor and Kyrie Shelton were going to be on the wings in the NYCFC lineup. That's a lot of speed. You have to know you're dealing with that kind of speed, and you're gonna play that line. You're gonna you're gonna have a real chance of getting exposed, and especially with the NYCFC midfielders who can put a ball in a dime and absolutely beat a a, a high line, a, a, beat a, a beat a trap. So, uh, I, I thought I didn't th- I didn't think it was a great debut for Panovich, um, and 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 I didn't I, I didn't come away impressed with any of the signings. I thought the guys who actually showed well for Chicago were the were their were their holdovers were some of, were the guys that actually were there for last year. Boanique. Uh, as an example coach he's obviously but yeah I I, I don't know I I think it's gonna be a rough year for them because I'm not sold on their new guys I think they're gonna need another year of of bringing guys in it's early it's early but I think Panovic is gonna have uh, growing pains in a way that maybe uh, Patrick Vieira is not in terms of the coaching matchup I think Vieira hands down won the coaching matchup and uh I agree. NYCFC's defense is definitely a work in progress, but uh, I think they have some players who should come in. Jefferson Mena is still working his way back. I think once he's healthy, he'll start for them. And I, I was a big Matarita, Matarita guy in the preseason, and I'm not even Costa Rican like you are, so <laughs> I, I'm completely unbiased now. But uh, he, yeah, he, he's, he's excellent. And from what I've heard in the preseason, it does sound like that they like his versatility and they, they think his versatility is going to allow them to be really flexible tactically and to try some different things. Uh, and, I mean, I've heard rumblings of them. them, And I, and not that we saw it in this game, or maybe we saw it a little bit. But, I mean, we could see some 3-4-3 three, three out of them with him with, with him pushing into a practically a midfield role. Uh, so that's going to bear watching. But their attack is is going to be better this year in my CFCs. I said it in preseason. We saw it already again, game one uh if Kyrie Shelton is gonna finish chances then watch out world because this guy he always had the speed he always had the physical attributes but it was always the finishing he was always a terrible finisher but if he if he, he has gained that confidence now where he's gonna put away the chances then then look out and Tony Taylor great to see him come back obviously he was injured last year and he he, he sat out the year and and that, and that was a tough blow for a guy who was having a great preseason last year so if he comes in and he's gonna give you something then all of a sudden you know they, they're looking pretty good and uh, my man Thomas Floyd over at Goal.com brought up the good point. Where, where does Frank Lampard fit into this? You got McNamara looking great. Mixed this group, did his thing. Where does Lampard fit in? I'm sure Lampard will fit in somewhere, but uh, Vieira might be looking at that front that front six and saying, you know, I kind of like this group. So we'll, we'll, no we'll see. No
1: doubt. Some tough decisions to make there. I, gotcha. And I will say this about Chicago. I thought Arturo Alvarez was decent once they moved him out wide right. Um, I actually like how smart he is on the ball and in space um, defensively. And they have been saying, um, when I've been interviewing Nelson Rodriguez, they know they need at least two more pieces in the midfield, some, something that can help them uh, in the final third, something that can, at, at the very least, it, it reminded me somewhat of Orlando City late in the season. Not a lot of options to bring in off the bench. Everything they've got is kind of on the field. Um, no one that can really change the pace or change the game um, for them as an option to bring off the bench. Uh, and we saw that wear down on Orlando City over the course of the year. Uh and if Chicago doesn't find those pieces at some point this year, that's what's gonna wear on them. They just don't have the pieces yet. And and Goosens getting his visa this week will help. That's at least one more option, but they, they need two more at least, and I think I think that's gonna be the big thing, as you say, the pieces aren't there yet for them. They, they need they need more time to, to find guys and build.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean uh, one thing one thing we've we've established by now is that Poundovich has time. He will be given time. There will be no quick hook. He's going to have at least a couple of years to build something here. So th- the problem with that is, and it's great. I mean, it's great to get you want to give a young guy, a, a young coach to, to, who you believe in the opportunity to really build something. But at the same time, fire fans have been waiting a while for something positive, and it's been a really brutal couple of years. So I'm sure some folks in Chicago are looking at it and saying, man, we've already endured. We just endured the Frank, uh, the Frank Yallop era, which was awful. Uh, give us something positive to, to look forward to. So it, it, it could be some rough going but you know hopefully Panovich learns and, and hopefully the new guys when Goosens arrives and if the if the the new defenders settle in hopefully they'll uh, they'll get their act together uh, early going. so we'll see. and uh, now taking it down to your now former home, Orlando Orlando City and RSL in one of the crazier endings of the week, uh, RSL leading 2 0 in stoppage time. Most of the fans at the Citrus Bowl were in, heading to the parking lots, in the parking lots, in already on the highway. And Orlando City scores two goals late, late, super late to, to pull off the crazy equalizer. I got to ask you, number one, what would you think? Number two, were you mad you weren't there or were you happy you weren't there because you would have had to do the ultimate rewrite? Uh, not that you would have been on deadline, but how crazy yeah. was that? I well,
1: know? first of all, let's, yeah, let's put that out there. It wasn't a deadline game. Thankfully for my replacement, Alicia Del Gallo, She didn't have to try to rewrite that on deadline. A 2 o'clock kickoff really helped. No, crazy, 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 crazy. I think I I saw that it was the first time in MLS history that there was a team that scored two goals in the 94th minute or later to tie a game. So never happened before in the 20-year-plus history of the league. Really? Um, I, thought, it, I
0: would have thought the earthquakes did it. Their their
1: uh, supporters here. I think. I mean, I think it's the just because it was so deep, the 94th and 95th 95th. Oh, yeah. It might have happened in injury time, but not that oh, deep in injury yeah, time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, no, look. I, you know, talking to some people down in Orlando today, um, trying to get their impressions of what they felt. They they really felt like they deserved something out of the game. Um, so you know, I, I think it says a lot about the fight of this team, the the maturity of the team, not to not to get out of it. And I also think. Um, you're looking at a team now that, like we were saying, as you start to get a little bit deeper, you have some options off the bench that can help. Adrian Vinter comes in off the bench, ends up being the guy who scores the game-tying goal. You know, you can't underrate the the uh, value of being able to do that. And again, this is a team that was playing without Kaká. This is a team that was playing without Christian Aguita. This is a team that was playing without Antonio Notorino and without Mateo. So four players who are what you would consider starters day in, day out for this team were not in this lineup. Um, so I think overall, if you're Orlando city, you have to be pleased considering you were down to nothing in the 94th minute and get a point out of it. Um, and, and that's this, if you're RSL, you start to ask yourself, is this going to be a trend all year? Because giving up goals late happened in the champions league as well.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, as far as Orlando goes, if you don't have Kaká. Uh, and you can get a point you got to feel pretty good I mean and, and not even including the other guys I mean' don Nocino, ches just arrived so you, you can't really miss something you haven't had yet but kaka's obviously a big point big centerpiece of that team so for them to to to, to squeeze something out uh and, it, and you know what if we've learned anything if we should if 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 teams in this league should should etch anything in their in their like notebook going forward is that if you're playing Orlando in the season opener in Orlando you might want to buckle down in the final minutes of a game because last <laughs> year, same thing, right? Late, 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 uh, caca, uh, scores, uh, scores late. Uh, I don't know. It's crazy. But, uh, no, it was great to see. Uh, the one thing it wasn't good to see, what's up with all the the, the fans leaving, man? What's going on, man? No excuses. No excuses, Orlando City fans. That's rough. No excuses for elite walking out of your team. Uh, you know, if it's 4 0, okay. 3 0, maybe, but 2 0, come on. We all know what they say. 2-0, most dangerous lead in the game. I know it's a cliche and I know it's kind of it's kind of dumb, but still, you don't leave. You don't leave. But anyway, it is what it is. Um yeah, all right, but as far as RSL goes, like we talked about last episode, um, they're gonna be a better team this year than, than than I think maybe people expected. And uh the fact that they coming off the midweek game, uh, the Champions League game, to, to to have the kind of performance they had for 90 minutes, <laughs> not, not including stoppage time. But 90 minutes for them to play the way they did—I mean, that's still pretty impressive. And I know they're going to be—it's uh, a—it's a gut punch. They're going to be heartbroken about giving up that lead. But still, I mean, it's some. If you're RSL fan, you, you should look at the positive and say, "Hey, we went—we went on the road, and by all accounts, we should have gotten three points. But we—we we still played well, even though we played at midweek, and and by all rights, should have been tired." Um, but, the, you know what? It's it's still a promising performance overall. And, uh, you know what? Our Burrito looked good. Mavsissian looked good. Obviously, Jao Plata looked good. So, it, it, they're, they're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. So, it, it, I agree. It, That's it, the
1: surprise it, team for both of us after Champions League, right? We yeah. both felt like better yeah. than what we thought.
0: They're going to do all right. They're going to do all right. But uh, moving on now to a, a game that was much less of a of An even battle, and that's uh FC Dallas against Philly. I think we, I think most people uh, saw this as maybe the biggest mismatch of the, of the round, and it pretty sure, certainly played out that way. FC Dallas in full control on their way to a 2 0 victory. Mauro Diaz, your MVP pick, setting up both goals to assist, looked pretty good, and obviously Castillo looked good. Max Rudy scored a goal. Uh, they pitched the shutout. Uh, per- perfect day for them, we, uh, except for Fabian Castillo picking up a bit of a knock. That's a a little bit of a scary one, but still, overall, great day for FC Dallas. What would you think of how they did?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think everything about it was positive. Minus the Castillo injury, my boy looks like an MVP. That was an MVP caliber performance. At the same time, this is a game that you'd expect them to win in this style. Um, they're, if they are what we think they are, which is an MLS Cup contender, a Supporter Shield contender, um, they need to be winning games like this in this in this style. But you know, there's nothing surprising to me about it. They played really well. Um, I think I think like you said, it's important to see a Rudy playing very well for them up top, um, and and Diaz Diaz doing what he does. I'm I'm not surprised by it, but it's nice to see um, early on because if he if he can be that guy this year, if he can be the MVP caliber player that I think he is, uh, this is a really really tough team, really really tough team.
0: No, no question, no question. Uh, and there was some solid performances all the way around. I thought Kellen Acosta quietly had himself a good game. Carlos Curueso is, is the real deal. Uh, obviously, Philly's Philly's the work in progress, but um, we have to talk about Philly next. A little bit about Philly, you know, it, it's it's early. Uh, they obviously had some pickups uh, make their debuts. It, it wasn't a great overall performance. Uh, did you find any positives out of that, or, or do you think maybe it's going to be a long year in Philly? Uh,
1: I'm going to lean towards the latter there, right? I mean, <laughs> it's tough, though. You're going on the road. You're playing one of the better teams in the league. This is another example of a new a team that's, that's had a, a ton of change over the offseason. I think more than anyone in the league, it's a race to how quickly you can start to look like a cohesive team. And I, I just think that you know there weren't a ton of positives to take out of this. Um, but you can't, if you're Philly within the Philly organization, you can't get too discouraged because there has been such massive changes. It's just a matter of trying to get trying to show progress as soon as possible and that's that's the hard part for the fans because you're asking a lot of a team that you know and whether it's in chicago or philly it's tough to be patient um but yeah i mean I, I i don't know that you take away a lot of positives out of this performance
0: yeah it's early it's early yeah they, they obviously added some pieces and it's gonna take a bit uh and and like you said they were playing for you know the my the one of the top teams and arguably the top team They're might pick to win it all so uh, I'm feeling pretty good about that pick right now. But uh, moving on to Canada and the All Canada battle in Vancouver: Whitecaps versus the Drogba-less Montreal Impact. And Montreal just went in there, went up to Vancouver and said, "Who needs Drogba? We'll beat you without Drogba." And they post uh, they post a victory, but that a bit of an upset because obviously it's in Vancouver. Vancouver's a uh, a pretty good team. But Ignacio Piazzi doing his thing; he was excellent, Uh really good performance all the way around from them. Uh, were you were, were you surprised to see? Montreal looks so good without
1: drama. I think what's I don't know if surprise is the right way to phrase it I just think the pieces that they have and the way that they're fitting them together it's very clear that they have a plan in place and that it is it looked like it was working perfectly in this game Obviously I thought Piatti was masterful um, we'll get to to you know awards later later on but he was really really good. I thought Harry Ship Looks like he, he fits well into the role they want him to play. Um, again, you're playing without Drogba up top, and 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 I was one of the people saying if you don't get Drogba for you know 25 games and the goals he's scoring, I don't know how good this Montreal team is. My biggest takeaway out of this game is that Montreal can still be a pretty darn good team in the East, a top four team in the East, even without Drogba if they can play if Piatti is playing to this level. So I mean that I was impressed because of that. I just think they look they look like a very, very good team, not just a team with a very good striker.
0: Right, right. And, I mean, I, I thought that. I mean, coming into the season, I said it. They're de- they're, there wasn't enough talk about their defense and the way their defense really came together last year. And now you throw in, a, you know, a Harry Ship. Uh, I thought, I think, Eric, by all accounts, Eric Alexander was looking really good in preseason, and he definitely showed it in the opener. He had an excellent game in the opener. Uh, they're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. They, they, they will be able to get some points without Drogba. So... This four games out of five isn't necessarily a death sentence for them. So uh, credit to them. And look, Damodoro is another one. Damodoro is always a funny one because it's either – because it, it, it always depends on if it's a day when he's actually going to f- be able to finish. Because when he can finish, he is a nightmare because he's so fast that he is going to blow by everyone. It's just can he finish. And they did him the favor yesterday when David Ousted comes off his line and whiffs. Kendall Waston just got turned around inside and out. You figure the top, one of the top defenders and top goalkeepers in the league, for them to have a Keystone Cops moment, moment there and just completely give Damaduro a free, a free look at goal. I thought that was one of the more shocking moments of the weekend. But you know what? Credit to Montreal. Credit to Mar-Bielo. Uh Vancouver, they'll be all right. They, they, they'll get off the mat. I think. I think they'll learn from this. Um, I, I don't. I don't think we're gonna go and say that it's gonna be a long season for them. But we'll see. They're a young team. Uh, moving on, we have uh, our last two games. Real quick, we're going to have to talk about Houston Revs. Uh, another late, dramatic uh, finish there in Houston. Uh, uh, Daigo Kobayashi with the late, late headed, header equalizer. And Mr. Diego Fagundes, a guy who you like to have a, a, a big season for New England, had an absolutely great, great game. He had a hand in every goal uh, for New England. Um, and they spoiled the party in Houston. What did what, you think of this game?
1: Well, you know, I thought... I think you can take positives away from both sides in a way, right? I I didn't expect Houston to be in this game, period. Um, I was surprised just to see the way Houston was able to stay in it and to have a lead all the way late until it looked like they had three points out of this game. Um, So for me, I think there's positives on both sides. Like you said, I was a big proponent of Fagundes. I think if he has a big year, he can have a big year, and I think he can be one of those players um, who's a difference maker because I think they're going to need – they're going to need more of that. They're going to need somebody in this team among this very talented front six that they have to become kind of what Lee Wynn was two years ago and have like a massive year to, to propel them in the East to really challenge for um, for the Eastern Conference title. So um, I think it's a really, really positive to see Fagundes having the impact that I thought he could have in the first game of the season. Um, but for me, I think that you can pull positives away from both sides here.
0: Yeah, for Houston, I'd say they're a team. What was interesting, even though they blew the lead and they gave it up uh, at the end, and they dropped dropped a couple of points at home, they're going to be a more fun team to watch this year. they And and it, you could argue it's going to be the it could be the most fun Houston time Dynamo team we've seen in the in since like the Dero era, right? I mean, they, even when Brad Davis was doing this thing, providing the expert service, it wasn't a fun brand of soccer that they necessarily played. So. Uh, now that they added Maidana, Wenger looks good. Matarita, off the, not Matarita, I'm sorry, um, uh, Manotas off the bench. I mean, he looks like he's going to be a problem, too. So, And Will Bruin, my man Will Bruin, uh, looked excellent as well. They, they're they're going to be fun to watch, and that's great for Houston fans who who maybe have been bored to death by some pretty ugly soccer in recent years. I think it's going to be good to see that, but they need to work on that defense. And uh, I, I don't get the sense that Marcus Beasley was 100% in that game. Obviously, he, he, I think he came out early. Um, and their center backs are a bit of a work in progress. So they, they need work. As far as, as far as New England goes, defensively, they could have done a lot better. They, 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 they looked a little they looked a little rough around the edges defensively. But in the attack, they look good, no question. And Fagundes looked excellent. Uh, they're going to be right there in the Eastern Conference. But uh, I think they need to tighten up that defense. Uh, it, it was not – I don't think Jay Heaps came away from that game at all happy, even though they got the late point. Um, you get a road point, you're happy. But as a coach, he has to look at that defense and be a little worried. At, at how uh how loose they played and and, and and what kind of chances they gave up uh moving on to the last game uh, we're gonna talk about of, of the 10 San Jose Colorado uh one zero uh which is pretty much I think what we what we said it was gonna be a one I, I, I need to go rewind the last episode of the last show because I'm pretty sure I said 1-0, Col- uh, 1-0 earthquakes Chris goal uh I, I wish I could play it back right now but pretty but not that that's going on on a limb but one zero earthquakes bit of an ugly one but that once again that earthquakes defense and david bingham david bingham a guy who i almost picked for goalkeeper of the year and i should have i should have uh he started off with a pretty good performance in goal What'd you, what'd you think
1: yeah it might have been the man of the match right david bingham um this is this is what's going to get San jose through it we kind of talked about this in, the, in our preview you know they're not a team that you love right they're not a team that you look at and say oh this is a dangerous team but dom Kinnear is a very, very good coach. And he always has his teams organized. He always finds he, he's he's he understands the strengths of the teams he's playing against. He, he always has very strong defensive teams. And we see that again here. And if you have Wando being Wando and getting these types of goals, like he's done all of his career, well, not all of his career, but since he started scoring the way he has the last four years, um, you know, I, I just think it, it doesn't. I don't think anything about this game surprised me. Uh, we kind of, like you said, we I think we hit the nail on the head with with our prediction. Um, they're just they're very organized and and they're going to be very tough to break down defensively, and that'll keep them in a lot of games this season.
0: Yeah, and let's face it, Colorado is is is, is their work in progress. Uh, you know, they they've added new pieces. They're going to add other new pieces. Jermaine Jones. That's uh, we have to talk about. We that happened after we recorded all that show. Uh, so it's still in terms of an overall, even though they lost, it's, a, it's still a decent week for Colorado that when you're able to go add a player like Jermaine Jones, who should definitely help them, uh, once he comes in, when, when you want to talk about Jermaine Jones coming in, Tim Howard coming in in the summer, uh, the, better times ahead for Colorado, but for right now, uh, it was, it wasn't a great performance and, well, they did create some chances, no question, uh, the, David Bingham did step up with some with some big saves for for, for, uh, for Colorado. I mean, Colorado had the edge in shots, shots on goal, um, possession. You know, Considering they did all that on the road, uh, it's still it, – I guess from that standpoint, if you want to look at kind of silver linings, you, I guess as a coach, maybe Pablo uh, Pablo Mascherini could look at that, but I still think it's rough, man. I think it's going to be a rough go for Colorado until the likes of Jones and Howard uh show up for them so uh so we'll see we, quick quick rewind of the week uh we're gonna give everybody our picks for for the weekly awards um for who paul and i th- think were the best of the week so we gotta start off player of the week paul who's your player of the week
1: piati i think piati is the player of the week for me i thought he was really really good for montreal especially without Dragba. um with drogba out you needed somebody on that team to step up piati was always going to be the guy he was very active throughout the game uh he was creating chances uh you scoring goals he to me I, I think you've got to give it to him they were on the road all the way across in vancouver no jog like i said he stepped up and led him to a, a, a big win so for me he's the player of the week
0: that's a very good pick i have no problem with that that, that was right there up there for me but i gotta go with my man mr Mark, mike mcgee i mean come on did anyone who watched la in the first half of that game they looked like trash they were awful they were they, they looked like eleven zombies out there and all you needed was like Daryl and uh Rick Grimes to get in there and finish them <laughs> off. It was ugly. It was ugly. And then Mike McGee comes in there, second half, and lights it up. Two goals, assist, drew a penalty. I mean, come on, it was MVP Mike McGee of old. Uh and I know it I know they were playing DC and it's not you know, you're not they weren't playing as good a team as Beati played, but still the impact that he had in that game and considering how important that game was for them just to start the season off uh on a good foot especially after champions league i thought it was i thought it was a a huge performance and so he for me he was my player of the week moving on team of the week who's your pick
1: okay so you just described the worst first half ever for la galaxy i'm giving them team of the week for the reason i said before to bounce back in the second half obviously you can't you can't completely forget about that first half. there's still troubles but like i said i thought More than any team in the league, maybe, they needed to have a positive result. So for them to do what they did in the second half and to end up 4-1 winners, I don't care who it was against. I don't care how bad the first half was. I'm giving it to them simply because I thought they needed to respond somehow to the the misery of the Champions League. And frankly, I mean, almost even if you count it, the misery of the first half. Um, So I think I, I go a little more big picture and say L.A. Team of the Week because they needed it. And they got it in the second half.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, uh, I'll go whether big picture or or short term or long term. I got to go Toronto FC uh, Mm. to go into Red Bull Arena. Now, if you're Toronto City, you're coming into the year with high expectations. Do you want to be a serious contender in Eastern Conference? What do you need to do if you're going to do that? You need to beat the the, the defending champs of the conference and, and the Supporters' Shield winners for them to go in there and win. And I know they went in there with a defensive mindset to try to get a point, which is what teams do in MLS, let's face it. But they they they, they played it excellently. The defense was excellent. Uh, they found their chances in the second half. They, they the, the game plan worked perfectly. And for a team that is about to embark on an eight-game road trip to start that eight-game road trip with a win against in one of the toughest places to play in the, in the league, you have to get team of the week for me, and they got it. And credit to Greg Vanny for 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 an excellent performance to kick the season off. So, uh, kudos to them. Uh, we have, and then we'll move on to rookie of the week. I think we'll agree. I think we'll agree. It's Subasendo. I won't. I won't put words in your mouth. I'm gonna go with Subasendo. I'm taking the pick from you, but you can agree with me because I know you were gonna pick him anyway because he's your Maryland Ter- Terrapins boy. So you tell me, do you agree or not? Subhase yeah, Endo. it's my boy, of
1: course. It's not a debate. You know it. I know it. We all know it. It's Endo. He played very well. Um, and I, I I think that he just fits into this team really well. Definitely the most impressive rookie in week one. Subhasa Endo, rookie of the week, starting it off right.
0: Yeah, no question. And, and I'll tell you real quick, a little, uh, uh, if there was a surprising rookie of the week. I mean, he's a little bit—he's a surprise, but he was people. People knew he, he was having a good preseason that could start. But how Haji how Barry didn't do too bad for himself in Orlando City, uh, so I, I'm sure the folks down in Orlando liked what they saw from him. And I, I've only heard good things. I'm sure as you have as well. So that's another name to keep in mind. Jordan Morris uh, could have could have had a better game. Brandon Vin- Vincent will want to forget this week, uh, but I'm sure he'll <laughs> be. I'm sure he'll be all right. But moving on uh goal of the week now there were some stunners man there were some absolute rockets i know you saw one of the one of the top goals of the week in in chicago with tommy mcnamara what's your pick for goal of the week
1: yeah i mean that tommy mcnamara's goal was nice it started things off i'm gonna go with the easy easy pick iguain's bike for columbus in portland um it wasn't like one of those amazing crazy bikes but i still think it was a pretty good goal May, leveled the game at 1 one it could have been a huge goal um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with that goal
0: yeah it's hard to bet against that one there there, there were so many go- Fagundes had a great goal uh McInerney had a uh, McInerney um mcNamara had a great goal but yeah Iguain with the bike in Portland with nat borchers on his back he said toma we don't need to wait here's the bicycle um chilena whatever go 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 to the week easy pick easy pick and now tell me what was your surprise of the week
1: Surprise of the week is I'm gonna not go with like a team that surprised me as much as Orlando City getting a point out of a game when they're down two nothing in the ninety the fourth minute. That's got to be that no one saw that coming. Fans in the Sisters Bowl <laughs> didn't see that coming. What they saw coming was their drive home a little earlier than they should have. Um, I, I'll put that up there in my surprise of the week. That number of fans in Orlando bailing on that game early. Uh, but, yeah, Orlando City, two goals in the 94th, 95th minute. First time in MLS history that there have been two goals that late in the game that, that, that got a result for the team. So uh, that's got to be the surprise to week for me.
0: Yeah, man, you got to shame those Orlando City fans. They got to be shamed. And, I, and, look, to be fair, I'm pretty sure, like, the the, the main supporters group were, were still there. But all those other casual fans that were beating the traffic, shame on you because that you missed a hell of an ending. And if the pl- if the place had been packed when they pulled that ending off – imagine how epically loud and 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 amazing that would have, that scene would have been but sorry Orlando casual Orlando fans you screwed it up for your team but still maybe it'll happen again and you and you'll learn your lesson that you don't next leave next year next year next year don't
1: leave that opener early final
0: yeah exactly well that's the thing too they just did it a year ago with the late result like uh, I don't know anyway but anyway surprise for me uh I'd, pro- I'd probably go with toronto fc's win in, in new york you know I, I i didn't i didn't see i didn't see that happening i didn't see not not, not that i couldn't see them getting a result but the red bulls to get sh- shut down at home again uh and tfc to come together so early with all these new pieces uh that was i was pleasantly surprised by that and and uh credit to, again credit to greg Vanny. uh he has them off on a, off on the right foot so it's uh it was an excellent first week uh i'm definitely excited for the rest of the year and uh I think I speak for Paul. Where, for in case anybody's wondering, we're we're a little we're a little hungover in, in, from the standpoint of it. The last two weeks have been crazy in terms of getting ready for the season, doing all our preview content. So the Monday after the start of the season was always going to be that day where we kind of recover. But we're still here. We're still cranking out a show because we know you guys want to lis- listen uh, and hear about uh, our take on the on on the week. And it was a great first week. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how week two uh delivers uh after week one uh we're well, moving on to americans abroad now we have to talk about some uh some of the uh, americans playing overseas who had excellent performances and some that 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 are, are raising some questions and we start off bobby wood scores again the guy's on fire if you're hearing clinsman i mean you pretty much have to start him in the in the qualifiers against guatemala what do you think
1: i think so and and here's the encouraging thing though is clinsman this is this is what clinsman talks about right putting a challenge forward to the players and seeing a response. I, you know, he always says, I want them challenging themselves at the highest level. And and I think that message was delivered to Bobby Wood and it was delivered to all of the young strikers in the national pool when he didn't call Clint Dempsey in. And he was trying to say, we need a young striker to step up and be the guy to carry us forward in this cycle. Now, we both think that Dempsey took that and is going to use it as motivation this year. But I think Klinsman did that to motivate these young strikers. And Bobby Wood has been fantastic. And I think when when you lay down a challenge like that and you see a player respond and you see a player in form especially a striker in form who who's finding the goal the way Bobby Wood is you got to call him up you got to start him and you got to try to take advantage of that that hot streak
0: yeah no he's he's been uh, wood's been great since he's since he went there uh i've i've had a chance to talk to wood quite a bit uh over the past year every time they're in town we we, end up, we have a convo and it's just night and day the confidence factor because i remember when when he first broke in with the national team he wasn't finishing his chances his confidence was definitely down and credit to klinsman he stuck with him he gave he you know he was a big part in, in giving uh, bobby wood the confidence to get to this point and we all know you're in klinsman loves to take credit for everything under the sun but he can definitely take credit for that, and and credit to him for the, for sticking by Wood, and and the way Wood's playing now. I mean, you you look at the other options. I mean, ari hansen's injured still. Uh, altador has got you know he he's got a hamstring. You got to start Bobby Wood against Guatemala and see what he does, right? I think I think he's I think he's uh, earned that, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does because uh I mean look Guatemala's not a world beater, um, but again it's something to build on. If Wood scores a couple of World Cup qualifying goals, it only adds to the confidence. So if you're a U.S. fan. Although Bobby Wood might not be as sexy a pick or as sexy as a prospect as maybe some others are, the guy is scoring goals, and you should be happy that there is at least one American forward scoring goals somewhere, uh, out, you know, outside of MLS. So, so uh, that definitely bears watching. And now we have to talk about goalkeepers. Brad Guzan is back in the starting lineup. Obviously, Aston Villa is still terrible and they're still losing, but it's a positive sign that he is back. He he's gotten his starting job back. Started for the second straight week. What do you think? Do you think Guzan is moved ahead of Tim Howard now that Howard's not playing? Or do you think Klinsman still sticks with, with Howard at the end of the day for qualifying?
1: I don't know. It's a tough call, right? I mean, goalkeepers are just as much about in form and, and getting the rhythm and getting reps as anything else. And both keepers were on the bench. So, yeah, it's a huge positive that at least one of them is playing now. But then you see playing in a 4-0 defeat. and He's on a bad team. He's getting hammered in goal. Um, You know, it's not going to be great for the mentality. It's not like he's gaining confidence being back out there on the field. Um, I think this is one of the most interesting storylines to watch this year is how the goalkeeping situation plays itself out. Because obviously Bill Hamid, who would be the third keeper, is out injured. Tim Howard's on the bench. Guzan's finally playing again, playing for a bad team. I don't know which direction is the right direction. I, I think... I don't know. My instinct would be to say to, to err on the side of playing the guy you know has been your guy for, for the last, what, cycle and a half, uh, two cycles, Tim Howard. Um, but, you know, Jurgen could very well, you know, decide to pay attention to that thing he says about playing time and playing Guzan. I, I don't know whether to, to – where which way he's going to go. What do you think? Uh,
0: I, I think uh, – I still think Howard starts. I still think he does. And, uh, you know what, if Guzan was younger – I could see the urgency in the cleansman to to want to get him in there and 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 look ahead uh, with with a thought toward the future. but but Guzan's not not getting any younger either. um so if if it's the choice between two older guys, I'm probably gonna go with the older guy who has more experience who who's who's more battle tested on, on the international stage. And again, it's Guatemala. You can win with Brad Guzan against Guatemala. I mean, that's that's not really the the issue, but uh, in terms of who who fits better with the group, Who's going to help the group potentially get better because obviously they're going to be i think there'll be some 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 maybe younger faces uh uh, in the defense when we get to the qualifiers later this month and if you're looking at that i I think tim howard's a better fit from a standpoint of of, you know he's he's a better communicator he's a better i feel like he's a bit of a better leader so if you if if all things are equal in terms of in net Guzan will still give you a good performance but howard might be better at helping Groom the defenders, then go with Howard. So for me, I still think even though Howard hasn't played lately, uh, I think Howard probably still gets the nod at least for these qualifiers. Copa America, that's a whole other conversation because it's four months from now, uh, or three months from now. Man, clock's ticking. It's three. I think it's three months from now. Um, I think it, things could change for sure because if Guzan is getting games between like for the next two three months and Howard's not playing at all, then yeah, then at that point, Klinsmann might have to reconsider. Um, but yeah, th- th- that's uh, it, it's been a. It, Overall quiet time over in, in, in overseas in terms of Americans. Uh, in Mexico, Willem Yarborough had another excellent performance uh, uh, for Club Leon another goalkeeper. We're talking goalkeepers now because uh, the other position players aren't necessarily doing so great. Uh, Deon- uh, one play I do want to talk about, DeAndre Yedlin has settled in and, and, and has been getting uh, some pretty good playing time at Sunderland. And that, I got to say that move is looking a lot better than maybe it did when he first signed. Because I know when he first signed at Sunderland, there was that whole kind of post-Josie Altidore panic from American fans who remembered Altidore's time at Sunderland and they thought, Oh my Lord, this is going to ruin Yellen's career. But credit to the guy. He, he, you know, he was on the bench there. He worked his way back in. He's gotten in the, uh, into the lineup there for, for some big games, a team that's in the middle of a relegation battle. And, uh, all you hear is that he's improving, and he is improving. He looks like he's improving defensively. For me, I think, he, I think you start him at right back if you're, uh, you're in Klinsman. You
1: have to be encouraged by what you're seeing. This is what you want. When you see a young player get sold overseas to a big team and get loaned out, we've seen the, the negative side so many times as American soccer fans. Guys going to the wrong teams, ending up in the wrong spot, not developing, going backwards in some cases. And here we're seeing a young player who's ended up in the right place, who not only had to fight his way into a lineup, which he's done, but is getting better on the field and is also going through a relegation battle, which I think you you gain loads of experience just from that. The pressure of the on-field results, the pressure of trying to stay in the lineup. So um, nothing but positive things. And I think you you want to get Yedlin on the field with the national team coming off of that to kind of to be that 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 motivation to say, yeah, if you're doing things like this, we're, we're going to reward you with the starting job. And I think another young defender that, that could be in the starting lineup, like you were kind of alluding to, John Brooks, another guy who fought back into the team. Went through a contract situation and now is starting consistently and playing again, and I think you've got to reward that if you're Jurgen Klinsmann.
0: Yeah, and John Brooks is looking at potential Champions League play next year We're hurt Hertha Berlin having an outstanding season in the Bundesliga this year. That that'll definitely bear watching. Uh, we're gonna wrap up the show. Talk a little European soccer because I know a lot of our listeners uh, follow uh, the English Premier League and the the title race. There's is something something special. Leicester City wins again, dramatic fashion uh Mares continues his magical season. I mean, I think he's for my money he's player of the year, right? I think that's pretty pretty safe to say yeah. as of, as of right now. And then you had Arsenal and Tottenham, the big London derby, ends up in a draw. Uh I thought Tottenham had it.
1: Uh is the title race over? What do you think? Uh I don't know. I don't want to say it's over. I think you know, look, maybe it's maybe it's that like oh are we really going to believe like there's still that little bit of doubt that Leicester City is going to have some kind of drop-off. They haven't showed that. They've, they've showed everything but that. But it just, when you get into a race like this, you start to feel like maybe someone's going to make a push and, and somewhere Leicester's going to drop off. I don't know. It's funny because even when you look at Tottenham, like like this week, they, they faced the, the bottom two teams. It's like... It's like there's no real uh, opportunity where Aston Villa is what Tottenham is. Tottenham's playing Aston Villa. Oh, maybe let's look over what Leicester doing. Oh, they got Newcastle, you know. So there's not a real – it doesn't look like a real window where they can take advantage of. But I'm not going to call it over yet because I think we're in store for some drama. And I'm really enjoying the drama. I want more drama. That's what I'm all about. So let's hope <laughs> it's not over yet. Let's hope that there's some more drama to watch.
0: Paul the drama king. I like it. I like yeah. it. No, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah, you know it's interesting because Tottenham – uh, I know when we we talked about this a, a, a while back. I, I said I thought Tottenham it, it could catch them, um, but just these last couple performances, right? I mean, you lose you lose to West Ham uh, at West Ham, which is no it's nothing to sh- uh, be embarrassed about because West Ham's been very tough at home and they they're having an excellent season as well. But then you're then you're facing your rival Arsenal and you're at home. You have the lead. You have to put that game away if you're going to be a legitimate title contender. And I just think. They dropped the ball there. They needed and to win. And you're a man
1: up. And you're a man and, up and you give is, that goal yeah. away. That, that's why
0: I, I can't. Yeah, that's why I can't. I look at it and I say, you know what? You, these games showed me a lot. And 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 these were the games where Tottenham had the chance to show that they're a legitimate, legitimate challenger. And and those are not the performances and results of a legitimate challenger. And guess what? Now there's only five. You know, They're five points back now. Leicester City's five points up, and the, and the schedule works in their favor, like you said. It I mean, does. Uh, you know, they they have Newcastle next, and Newcastle's obviously in the world of hurt right now. Even though Tottenham does play Aston Villa, so that's also a weak one. But just looking at the rest of the way, um, Tottenham also has Europe. They have the Europa League, so that they're going to have to deal with that. They have a, they obviously got a tough draw facing Dortmund in the Europa League. That's going to be big. Let's. I think we if if we can agree on anything though, Arsenal is toast, right? I mean, it, it's yeah. an, an, another another disappointing year uh for arson wenger and and did what did it, it, I, I think it almost sounds crazy to, to even suggest it but do you think it's time for him to move on do you think it's time for a new manager or do you think that's a little crazy
1: i don't know you know what i wouldn't have said with certainty that it would i think it would have been the end of arson if, if tottenham won the league and, and Arsenal had the drop off that they did because this was a year where, where certainly you could say this is the year that that Arsenal should should win it. And if Tottenham have, and I, I mean, like we're saying, we think it's it's close to over. If Tottenham makes a run and wins the league, I think I think Arsenal has to make a change. Um, to see their rival across the city do that, I think that's that's rough. Um, I don't know. You know, every how many times have we sat back and been like, oh yeah, like Arsenal's definitely going to make a change, and it hasn't happened. So I'm not going to make the call. I think that at a certain point you reach a level where a change is the only thing that is going to get you from you know, a, a, a number three, number four, top three, top four team to being someone that's legitimately going to challenge for a title and, and, and stop falling short so many times. I would make a change. Um, I also think a change will be made, but only if Tottenham wins the league.
0: Well, there's the other scenario. Another way that they could make a change— is if Arsenal falls out of the top four. And I know that might have yeah. sounded crazy a few weeks ago, but West Ham's only three points back. West Ham is only three points back, and they're on they're on a roll right now. They won three in a row. I know they have a tough match against Chelsea uh, at Stamford Bridge, but if West Ham beats Chelsea and, and, and Arsenal has West Brom up next, that's, you know, it, it's not the toughest challenge, but... If West Ham beats Chelsea, all of a sudden you have to say, you know, they could they could threaten. They could threaten to close the gap on Arsenal. Obviously, Man City is also behind Arsenal, but Man City has a game in hand. Uh, actually, Man City is two points behind Arsenal, but they have a game in hand. Uh, I don't see Arsenal dropping out of the top four, but if they do drop out of the top four, it's a wrap. Arsenal is no, no. done. Arsenal is yeah. done. I don't know who they'd replace him with. But it'd be a wrap. He'd be done. There'd be part. There'd be. I th- and you know what? The day he's fired, I think a lot of people are gonna definitely celebrate. Obviously, uh, Piers Morgan will celebrate because we all know he hates Arsene Wenger. But uh, I don't know, man. It's interesting. It's a tough one because they haven't gotten their titles in recent years in a long time now.
1: But they do play some pretty soccer, man. They do play who would, some. Who would be the manager? What about Henri? What if Henri's the next? I don't know
0: if he's ready, man. I don't know if he's ready. And that's the thing, like. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Now, he he doesn't. Ha- I mean, he doesn't have experience, and it's a big difference between a guy who only has youth experience taking over NYCFC and a guy who only has youth experience taking over Arsenal. I, even though it's Henri, even though he's a legend. I mean, all we need to do is look at Real Madrid, right? Right now, Zinedine Zidane, the guy's a legend, um, but it's not easy. You can't just be a legend and expect the, it to work. And 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 Zidane's had his struggles as manager of Real Madrid since he took over. But we'll see. I mean, we still need West Ham. To to really turn it on late. Uh, how
1: quickly though? How quickly would MLS put up an ad of some kind about Henri being the manager? <laughs> the <next> manager? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. MLS's own Terry Henry. I know exactly. No. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, they never miss a moment. They never miss a chance to to, to mar- uh, market some link to MLS. Nor nor hey, should they. Nor yeah, should that's they. What, Hey, it's it's part of the business, man. It's part of it. No, what is funny is when they say yeah. When they say when they call a player like kind of an MLS product or something, and they play like one year. And MLS but you know what can you do what can you do but uh that'll bear watching it's gonna hopefully hopefully things tighten up because I want to see a race right to the end right we want an exciting deadline day that's there's a few things better than that although I'll tell you what the relegation battle looks like it'll be it'll come right down to the wire so so if the title race is already sewn up by Leicester City at least we could be looking at the very end when you have the likes of Sunderland Newcastle I mean Newcastle is a huge club and the fact that they're it, right now looking at again being relegated after a few years ago being relegated, Aston Villa is—they're already done. I mean, let's face it, they're, they're, done. they're, they're already. Yeah, they're—they're—they're—yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're—it's they're, a wrap for them. But uh, yeah, we'll, I know
1: my boy, my boy Ian Fuller, if he's listening, now I'm Minnesota, poor Newcastle fan, I know he's going to be watching every game down the stretch because they're yeah they're going to be in it down the last week of the season. It's uh, it, its
0: yeah, it's scary. It's a scary thing, and uh, you know. We still don't have promotional relocation in the U.S. and we probably never will, but uh, it's still fun to watch overseas. So, uh, but yeah, so that'll, that'll be fun to watch. Uh, I think, and that's it. I think we've got everything covered. Uh, Like I said earlier, I'm sure Paul and I are going to take some time to relax now that, that we're over all the craziness. At least even for a little bit. So uh, I know I, I I don't know what you've been up to, but I've been you know I had to reintroduce myself to my wife because it's been like two weeks since we've been like you know doing locked in full MLS preview mode. It's been great to catch up and uh, catch up on all the TV shows and and you know.
1: But I'm it- flying back to Orlando tonight, and it's one of those flights where it's like. I'm definitely ordering a cocktail on this flight back, you know, because I I just, like you're saying, I'm ready to decompress. My DVR, I know when I get home, is completely jam packed with like two weeks worth of shows that I got to catch up on. And my little brother gets into Orlando tomorrow to hang out for a few days. So I'm going to definitely sleep in tomorrow because he's only 21 and I'm going to have to try to chase him around the city for four, (laughs) four days. Hanging so I at, get like a little 20, bit of recovery time. Man,
0: hanging out with a twenty-one year old man—that's uh, that's that's crazy, man. You're, well, I mean, you're younger than me, so you can hang. You can hang.
1: Hey, man, man I prep for it. You know how I prep for it? That's what I'm doing on the draft trips with you, man. I'm prepping for being able to keep up with my brother.
0: Yeah, I'm. A, 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 I tell you what, I'm. I'm slowing down though. I'm not. A,
1: I, I don't party like I used to. I, 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 father, None of us can. Father man. time
0: is undefeated. As uh, as anyone, <laughs> as, as, as everyone, especially Galaxy fans are are, are finding out, it's, uh, it is just it is. But it's still fun it's still fun. I, 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 you know, when I'm on, you know, when we're on the road, we'll still we'll still party. The only difference is you know, when you're young, you can party 3 days in a row and it's nothing. You feel fine the next day. When you get older, I mean, I'm older, man. Like the, as I mentioned earlier, or maybe I didn't mention it on the show actually. This is my 18th season covering MLS, which just sounds crazy to even say. Like I'm I know I'm not young, but man, that's a lot of years. But anyway, so I'm older and when I go out now, it's like I can I can I can hang, but then I need like a full day, a full day to recover. I need a full no doubt. day. It's crazy, it's crazy. But it, you know what? It's that's good, right? Because you, if you if you keep if you can rage until you're fifty, then or you know that you're it's you're not gonna live long. So it's a it's a good natural uh break uh pump break pumper for you. So it slows you down, but it's good. But Paul Paul and I will still. Uh, you know have our fun when, when we, can we can
1: enjoy a beverage from time to time. Yes. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, for sure for sure so, and I'm sure we will this year so but yeah no, I appreciate you coming on again and uh, this is three shows now. I think people are gonna start to uh Say this is just it. We should just be the tag team going forward. Uh, I'm still working on that Uh, We will still we're still in negotiations, but uh, I think we're I think we are gonna have some 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 other uh Some other guests guest hosts and uh, and get guests on try to get my man, Alexi Lala I know he listens to the show I think it would be interesting to go from having garrett cleverly as a as a as a co-host to having his dad be a ghost that, that that'd be a nice transition but uh and then we also will probably have garrett on here and there as well uh now that oh by the way i'm producing the show now i don't know if anyone figured it out but i am now the producer of the show so i cut it up I, I do all the sound stuff and look i have a whole new appreciation for garrett cleverly now that i have to do all the stuff that he used to do uh it's not easy it's not easy so credit to him uh it's fun to learn though it's fun to learn so uh you know hopefully these the, the productions will get better and better as we go along but uh but yeah paul thanks again for joining us and uh, hopefully we'll get you back on maybe uh uh at the end of the week so we can preview the the week ahead if you got time if you're uh you know not running around crazy and uh fielding new tv deal offers and uh, movie deal offers and all that stuff now that you've been you know you've hit the big time now that you've been on tv
1: Yeah, man, I don't think any offers are coming anytime soon, so we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, by the way, if you're listening to this
0: show, I want you to comment in the comment section and let us know if you saw Paul's performance, if you saw the game, let us know how you think Paul did. Did you think Paul did well? I thought he did well, by the way. And I'm not just saying that because he's my boy. I thought he did well. TV is not easy. TV is not easy. Everyone thinks it's like, you know whatever but it's it's a lot of work and it's definitely like you know you got to have some skills to really pull it off and, and be a natural i thought paul did it did really well for himself so good, good well, job. i
1: appreciate that man and i'm being real yeah leave comments and hit me up on twitter let me know i'm trying to get better all the notes i can take i'll take
0: for sure for sure and uh yeah you can follow paul on twitter at paul tenorio we're still trying to figure out where he'll be next as a writer uh and of course for me you can always uh, find my work on gold.com definitely want to check out SBISoccer.com and you want to follow me on Twitter at Soccer And most importantly, you want, to be, you want to like my Facebook page, where, where I'll have all types of updates and videos, live Q&As, all that kind of fun stuff. So, that's all for now. Uh, for Paul Tenorio, I'm Ivis Colarsa. This is the SBI Show.